Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to this edition of Equipped to Be. I'm so happy that you're here today. I'm your host, Connie Alpers. Today, I'm going to talk to you, uh, and I've actually invited a special guest on the episode to talk about the sexualization of American children. Yes, you did hear that right. We've heard so much about CRT, but we really haven't heard that much about the sexualization of America's children. You know, this is actually being funded by our federal government. I know those of you that don't live in America, uh, you come to us from around the world, so glad that you're here. But I'm sure there are similar things happening in your culture as well. Now, I've invited a special guest on the program called Chris Huge. He's going to join us. He's a global communicator, author, and Christian political advocate. Dr. Chris Hughes is one of America's most important, influential, and respected voices on cultural and political issues. Chris Hughes is the founder and chairman of Citizens for America Foundation one of the nation's leading advocacy and grassroots public policy organizations. He is definitely a powerful communicator. I would encourage you to go check out his site at chrishughes.com and citizensforamericafoundation.com. He is a Christian political advocate, Second Amendment defender, Christian apologetist, and an author. He's also the host of Christian Perspective with Chris Hughes. That's Christian Perspective with Chris Hughes. He travels the world. He mobilizes pastors and Christians to become proactive, to share and help shape a culture uh, by learning how to understand what a biblical worldview is. Chris is very informed in what's going on, not only in the school system, in the culture, in the Christian community, but in the political arena as well. So that that is why I wanted to invite him on to today's episode as we talk about the sexualization of Americans' children. Stay tuned. I think you're going to enjoy the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Equipped to Be. Well, you've, you've heard the intro, and I am so excited to have my guest today, Chris Hughes. I, I have to tell you, the, the bio that he sent me is just a, just a glimpse into the person of who he is and what he's doing and how God is using him. And it's my honor to be able to invite Chris to the program today to share with you uh, a couple of really fun topics, uh, fun in the sense of uh, you don't hear a lot of people talking about this. And we're going to talk about an area that's very specific. And I want to know so many of you listen with your kids because you know you you love Equipped to Be and it is family-centric. But part of what I have to do is help you be equipped to handle what's happening in our society, in our culture. I want you to know what new thing is coming at you. And maybe you already know and maybe you're not familiar with it. 
But we're going to talk about the sexualization of American children. Yes. Yep. That You heard that right. The sexualization of American children, it is happening. And it is more than you expect or know. And it's certainly not talked about in mainstream, but we are going to talk about it today on Equipped to Be with my guest, Chris Hughes. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Equipped to Be program. I'm so glad you could be with us today. Hey, Connie, it is such an honor for me to be on your show. Uh, I tell you, I've been a fan for quite a while now, and as a parent, uh, your show is very, very helpful to me. Not too long ago, you did a show on how to deal with adult children, and my kids are both <laughs> in college now, and and boy, I needed it. As soon as I saw on your website that, that you were talking about that topic, I'm like, dear Lord, please, I need help, and you sent Connie right in time. Your your show is a wonderful uh, tool for for parents and and for families, and I just thank you so much for your ministry and what you're doing, and and I'm honored to be on your show today. You know, thank you so much for those kind words. I I have loved how God has given you this platform of influence in the Christian ministry as a pastor, as a global communicator. I mean, you really are out there, and I can't ever keep up with you because you're just you're going so many places, and it's been. It's been interesting for me to watch how God has continued to open doors, but we're going to dive into a topic, and I know as, you know, as a dad of a daughter, as a dad of a son, uh, these things are near and dear to your heart, and the fact that you want to equip Christians to not only be engaged in culture, engaged in the political arena, but you also want parents to teach and train and protect their children and and help them be able to grow up with a healthy mindset, with a right mindset. So without further ado, let's let's do this. Let's dive into uh, the sexualization of American children. I have to ask you, what made you specifically interested in this topic? I mean, it's, it is, it's not one that's covered a lot. Uh, I think people are afraid of it because it's uncomfortable and awkward, but I want to hear, why is this kind of burning within you? Well, Connie, um, you know that I'm very engaged in in political affairs and and church affairs and engaging the culture, but as you said, I'm also a dad, and I believe that God gave us a responsibility as parents, as mothers and fathers, uh, to not give over the education of our children to somebody else. Um, now, sure, we send them to school, but it's our job to be engaged and know what they're being taught and be involved in the school system. And so, I, I don't know, some people might say I was almost like a helicopter dad. Well, you see it as, as that. But when my kids were growing up, I was always, and, 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 you know, I know not everybody has the opportunity. I was blessed to have some flexibility with, with my job and what I was doing at different times to be able to spend time with my kids and learn what they're doing. But I, uh, so I did several things. One is every day when they got home, they had to do homework first. And I would look at what they're studying. I would look at their books. I, I looked at all their assignments. I didn't do their assignments for them, uh, but I looked at it to know what they were studying and what they were learning. If there was a, 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 a parent teacher organization meeting or something like that at school, uh, I made it a point to go. I knew who their teachers were, the teachers <laughs> Maybe they didn't want to, but they all knew who I was. Uh, I knew the principals and administrators, and I was visible uh, at the school. And and what amazed me is over all the years, and particularly in the high school years of both my son and daughters, uh, yeah, there were less than 10 parents that you would see at school on a, on a regular basis. 
uh, or involved in things. And so because of that, many parents don't know what's going on in the school system. But as I got to know teachers, some of them would share concerns with them. Some didn't like me because of my Christian beliefs, but I began to learn what was going on in classrooms, and I would talk to my kids to know what they were learning. And one of the things that came up, and now I live in the state of North Carolina, and there's something like this in every state. Uh, In high school, they are required to take a sex ed class. And uh, um, well, not the whole class, but there's two weeks of curriculum that is taught. And and they send home a, a note, which probably most kids never give to their parents, uh, telling you that this was coming and the kids had to have opt out. Now, in the five years, it, it didn't take my kids five years to get through high school, but you know, between the two <laughs> over the five years they were in high school, um, my two children were the only ones to ever opt out of that class. Really? And, and they were teaching, of, and it was very graphic sexual material. You mean and it wasn't so, just the basic birds and bees kind of talk? No, I mean, they... You know, showed you how to put on yeah, yeah. condoms, and you know, I won't get into all the details. Right, but right, it was, right. It was, you know, it, it was fairly graphic, and and I know that kids learn about that stuff, but I saw that as my responsibility to teach my kids from a Christian perspective of abstinence is correct, and you know, abortion is wrong, and you know, from a biblical worldview. Matter of fact, um, I'll plug something, and I'm sure you probably know of Dennis Rainey and his ministry. Um, for families. And and Dennis developed a curriculum years ago for, it's a DVD series or a video series, either one, where you can get away and he encourages you to take, and I did this with both, well, Vicki did it, uh, my wife did it with my daughter and, and I did it with my son. You pick a special weekend and and like when my wife did it with my daughter, we lived in Hawaii at the time, they went to a separate island, stayed in a very fancy hotel and made it a big fun weekend. But over the weekend, they listened to this curriculum and and you just share with your kids God's intent for sex and marriage and, and how babies come about and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. So we used a biblical method uh, to do that. And I didn't want my kids seeing the graphic stuff. I'm giving a long answer here. But anyway, because of that, it, it opened my eyes as to what was being taught in public schools, I thought. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know. So earlier this year... Um, I was at a conference and somebody asked me if I had heard about this curriculum called Common Sexuality Education, and I had never heard of it, Connie. And it is a a very graphic sexual curriculum that is being pushed by our federal government and and the National Education Association and teachers unions across the country to basically uh, orientate our children in a different manner than most of us would like to be orientated to teach them about homosexuality to make them question whether they're transgender or homosexuality even at the age of five and there are books in public schools that that most parents would be absolutely shocked and and if you want to get into some of that we can talk more about it i love i almost feel like chris we could just pivot and go to dads being involved i mean that is huge to have a dad involved in the not just the providing for a family or being engaged with a family, but paying attention to what's happening academically, going to those school board meetings. You know, we, for so long, I wrote down something that you said, you know, parents weren't showing up. And then guess what? They they poked the parents so many times. Now parents are showing up and they're, you know, it's like their worst nightmare. Uh, we see that happening. Now parents are being labeled and and targeted. And, uh, you know, it's like they they want to talk both sides of the mouth of, oh, well, parents just aren't involved. Well, now parents are involved. Well, now they're just overly involved. 
they really do want parents out of it. And so I just am so excited. And listeners, if you are mom or dad, and, and I want to encourage you specifically to do exactly what Chris was saying, show up, go, pay attention, listen, look at the homework, ask your kids those questions, and you will learn a lot. I mean, we have learned a lot in this two years of disruption, uh, what has been been being taught. It's it's now out in the open. It used to be you had to hunt and search for it. Not anymore. It's just pretty blatant. So when you talk about this um, common sexual sexuality education curriculum, I know they have uh, school systems, the public school systems in particular, are stripping the libraries of what books you and I would probably be excited to see in our libraries. They're they're pulling those and they're replacing them with all manner of ideas and topics. And like you said, all the going all the way down to the kindergarten. And we know our children are, are little sponges. They're, we're writing what is right, the moral code, family values, and, and we see such attacks. So I would love for you to expand more about um, and kind of help my listeners understand the common sexuality education. What do you think the goal is and also what can parents do? Sure. Well, let me start that, Connie, by leading up to, like you said, COVID-19 was really a wake-up call for parents. And as kids began to attend school through distance learning, you know, sitting in the living room or the kitchen table with their computer on, parents for the first time were hearing um, what was going on at school. And many parents were shocked. As they learned about the curriculum that was being taught in not just public schools, but a lot of private and Christian schools too. And that's important for the listeners to know. Don't just think because my kid is not going to public school that they're okay and they're not being taught this because many uh, private and Christian schools are starting to bring in this curriculum too. But parents, as they saw this, became incensed and they began to complain to their teachers and principals. And as we know now, because it made news, particularly in the governor's race in, in Virginia, parents began to go to school board meetings, which had never... Now, now again, uh, I'm a unique parent, but I try to go to school board meetings on a periodic basis uh, during COVID. And now many of them are online and you can watch them. But I guarantee you, if you show up at a school board meeting, it's going to get their attention because nobody ever goes. So they they automatically get defensive if if somebody shows up at one of these meetings. Uh, so when you look around, Connie, very few parents are raising their children today. In many cases, both parents have to work and the little ones are put in daycare. And as they get older, they're sent to public schools. And they're becoming indoctrinated with a liberal and anti-God philosophy at school. Oh, and and the culture really is raising America's children today in, instead of parents. Mm. So parents saw this and they started to get engaged. But many of your listeners, like like we said already, may not know specifically about this curriculum. And you can Google it. There's a ton of stuff out there. It's called Common Sexuality Education Curriculum. And what's happened is our legislators and school boards have passed laws and mandates to take education of our children out of the hands of parents and they've placed it really in the hands of teachers' unions and liberal educators. And it started, uh, well, I mean, it really started in the 60s, but but this curriculum really came to light under the Obama administration, uh, which implemented something that goes way beyond parents. Now, I'm not talking anymore about a two-week sex ed uh, thing for your kids in high school. It's really something that is happening as early as five years old in a kindergarten, and it's designed as a curriculum uh throughout the 12th grade and, and even even in colleges as well. Uh -huh. And the main emphasis of this government-funded curriculum is to teach children, as I said, even at the early age of four or five, 
Okay, now parents, this is the time to ask the kiddos to leave the room because we're going to start to talk a little <laughs> Thank detail Thank you here. for that heads up. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so get them out of the room. Last chance. Here we go. Connie, even at the age of four or five years old, this curriculum is teaching kids how to have sexual pleasure, first with themselves, so pleasuring themselves, and then with others uh, sexually pleasuring them. Our kids are being taught that any kind of sex is normal and can and should be enjoyed. Now, when I'm saying any kind of sex, I'm talking about just very graphic stuff that the average person, particularly outside of marriage, would not consider uh, to be normal. And the real goal of these evil people is destroy what the Bible teaches as a traditional family by confusing our children and awakening, Connie, sexual desires that really should be uh, uh, held for adults in marriage. I mean, five-year-old kids should not be thinking about the things that they're being taught in school right now. They're also being taught about LGBTQ rights, and, and that's a big core of this curriculum. So the culture wants to destroy our children's identity by doing away with the recognition of masculinity or femininity. Right now, you know, uh, if you go on Facebook, for example, and, and many of our kids, most of our kids are on social media, you can choose. It's over 100 genders now. I mean, goodness, how do you have over 100 genders? There's two. It, it, you know, I mean, they say follow the science on everything else. The science is you're either boy or girl. It's really not rocket science, and it's not that difficult. But the government-funded and mandated program is designed to sexualize our children, and it removes their natural sexual inhibitions, and it teaches them to support abortion and push for sexual rights. Connie, you, you know, I, I'm an old guy. I've been married a long time, and when I started looking at some of the stuff that's in elementary school libraries and being taught in the curriculum in our schools today, it was stuff I didn't know, and I don't think I wanted to know. It, a lot of it's disgusting, and and they're and they're not just talking about it; they're graphic. If you go to the libraries of your schools, and I, if if you want me to in a few minutes, we can talk about some of the books. It's graphic of, of what they're showing pictures. Um, you know, as I said, four and five year olds are being taught to to um, to feel themselves and 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 to play with themselves. Uh, do anything because they teach them literally. Part of the curriculum teaches. Uh, we want you to learn how to masturbate because masturbation makes you feel good. And that's that's four and five year olds, Connie. Then by the second grades, under this nationally mandated and funded curriculum, our kids are being taught that they can experience an even higher level of pleasure by allowing others to perform these acts on them. Uh, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm just gasping. <laughs> That's all. <Okay. laughs> you know, well, it's just shocking, and and very very little shocks me. So please continue on. Well, uh, Connie, our public school system tells our kids that they're whatever they want to be. Again, even as early as five years old, you can be a homosexual, you can be a transgender. Uh, they can tell you that you were born in the wrong body. You know, and I come from a Christian, a biblical worldview perspective. God doesn't make mistakes. God's not putting you uh, biblically in the wrong body. If you dare question any of this as a student and particularly as a parent, you're going to have the wrath of the administration and the school board come down on you because their goal is to indoctrinate our children with liberal beliefs about the world and, and especially about sex. They, they teach our children that there's no foundation in the Bible. The Bible's a myth. Um, the National Education Association and other groups are doing everything they can 
to normalize what really we thought was bizarre in children's schools. Well, if you don't believe me, here's something many of you have probably heard. Do you remember the news stories earlier this year about something called Drag Queen Story Hours? Yes. Uh, that, w- that was actually on the news. And that's where transsexual drag queens, and remember, you know, Connie, when you and I were kids, that was something at least our family thought was perverted. My parents didn't want me being around dra- drag queens or something unnatural like that. But this is where transsexual drag queens, and this is a national movement, Connie. It, it wasn't just a one-time, one-place thing. This happening all across the, the country because they want to normalize it to little children. These drag queens go into public schools, and the kids, you know, many times think it's cool because they like to play dress up. And these drag queens read sexually. So they're not just reading regularly bo- regular books. They're reading sexually suggestive stories that promote the transgender agenda to children as young as three years old while they're dressed in drag. It, it's crazy. So the purpose of these presentations is to normalize these deviant behaviors, to teach our children to accept transgenderism is normal, encourage our kids to dress as the opposite sex. It's an indoctrination, Connie, of our youngest kids. You know, let me ask you something, Chris. What are you seeing as the tools a parent can use to come to, one, help their children understand these blurry lines they're being taught, the confusion that is happening Let's give some parents some tools that they can use uh, to counter this. You know, I, we can go to school board meetings, but we still have to, we have to talk to our kids. We have to help them make sense and process all of this. So do you have some suggestions? Yeah. Um, well, one thing, you, you've got to realize that it's happening, okay? We've kind of uh, stuck our heads in the ground and acted like, this wasn't going on in our school system. Well, now that you've heard Connie's podcast, you, you know that it's going on and you can't deny it. So now that you've heard this, your challenge is to then raise awareness with your friends at church or your, your other moms and dads at school and your your core uh, family of people that you interact with. Encourage them to, to listen to Connie's podcast and let other people know about it. You also need as a parent to learn uh, about the sex ed and, and parental rights laws where you live. Even though the Common Sexuality Education is a federally funded program, it is not necessarily being taught to the full extent. Now, there, it, it's everywhere, but some places are 100% all in. Some, it just kind of sneaks in a little bit here or there. Maybe the school board doesn't know about it, which is not uncommon because many school board members, it's a part-time position, and they're not that engaged with what goes on in schools anyway. Uh, maybe the principal doesn't know. You might have some rogue teacher who's just decided that he or she is going to teach this curriculum on their own. Uh, so you, you need to find out what is going on in your area. For example, I live in the state of North Carolina. So about 10 years ago, our state legislature then, uh, and I'm a trying to play politics and we're here one way or the other, but it is a fact that one political party is uh, pushing this agenda more than the other. And, and in North Carolina was controlled by a Democrat legislature and governor at that time. And they passed approval of the common sexuality education back when president Obama was in office. But what they specified in North Carolina is that it would be up to individual school districts to determine the level of participation in this curriculum that they would have. So moms and dads, that's why it's so important 
to know who's on your school board, to know your school board members. And that's why elections are so important. Connie, it, and you know that I'm involved in politics on a national level. A lot of people get excited about you know, who's running for president or who's running for governor. And, and we have something called ballot drop-off. People vote for those higher-profile people that have a lot of television commercials or radio commercials and direct mail pieces. But many times, uh, voters don't know who the individuals are in their own community that are running for positions that are smaller, like school boards. So you'll see, let's say in your, your community, you might have 50,000 people vote for president. And literally, there might be only 10 that vote for school board. So parents, I encourage you to find these are people in your community. You don't have most of us don't have access to Donald Trump and Joe Biden, but you do have access to the person that lives down the road from you that's running for school board. Uh, I make it a point, even though I travel across the country, I'm involved in the national level. I make a point of knowing who's running for my local office. It's not difficult. Get out the phone book or get on Facebook and, and find them and just reach out to them and say, hey, I would like to go to lunch with you or have coffee or just talk to you on the telephone and learn a little bit about what they're doing. Because at least in my state, and this is the case in many states, those decisions of what curriculum is being approved, even though it may have been approved by the state, are being left up to the local school board. So find out what the laws are in your state. Uh, if, if you have trouble figuring that out, you can go to our website, which is citizensforamericafoundation.com. That's citizensforamericafoundation.com. Email me and our team can help you find out what the laws are in, in your individual state. And, and then uh, once you find out what the laws are and once you meet the elected officials, and by the way, uh, not just the candidates, but I encourage you, particularly those of you that are Christians, you know, we talk a good talk about how we pray for people. I would encourage you to meet your county commissioners, your school board members and mayor and city council. And, you know, maybe one or two times a year, just send a card, not with an agenda, but send a card and say, I'm praying for you or how can I pray for you? You know, Connie, too many times, part of the reason these school boards are upset across the country is they've never seen these parents before. Well, parents, that's not right. You don't wait until there's a problem to get all riled up and go stir up the school board. Be involved before that ever happens. And then they respect you because they know that you truly love and care about your parents. They know that you're praying for them or that you care about them. And then you've earned the right to approach them with these issues, and they're going to be more inclined to listen to you uh, when you do that. So you need to identify the, the people that are already locally elected and find out what they believe and you know, decide, are they enemies of your children or are they there to support your children? And then you take that information. And you educate and and mobilize other parents. Um, you know, every community, Connie, has, a, a, believe it or not, most communities still have a newspaper. It might just be online. I, I wonder how many of your listeners have ever written something called a letter to the editor. You might not be able to get the local newspaper to cover a story, but they're all hurting for material these days. And so you can write. Uh, a little, you know, short one page, what's called letter to the editor. And if you go to their website, it's very easy. Every one of them tells you how to do it. And you just, so this is a way to alert other people in your community. You know, your type of your letter to the editor could be, do you know what our kids are being taught about sex in public schools? And then the people that read the newspaper will see that little, you know, it's not something scary for you. You write the letter, you know, at home and you just send it by email to the newspaper and they'll do it. Um, and, and we already talked about being present in the, in the kids' uh, schools and, and learning what's going on. I would encourage you, uh, almost every school that I know, everyone I've ever seen, has a library. 
go to the library. And again, if we, if we have time to talk about it, Connie, I can list some of the books, but go to the library and, and ask the school librarian what books are there that talk about sexuality or the common sexuality curriculum. And then, and then you better just uh, sit down in a quiet corner of the library and be ready to be shocked when you open those books and see, uh, see what's in them. So those are some of the things, you know, you could invite me or Connie or others to come speak to your church or, or your uh, parents group. And, and you could either come in person or online, but uh, both of us would be happy to come talk to you about this. You know, I'm glad you said that because even though I've been involved in the homeschool movement for years, parents were, I, I would say we were able to really choose the curriculum and we had a great say and directing and, and pa- imparting our family values and principles that we are were a bit built on a biblical worldview. And, you know, what you're talking about has seeped into every area, every educational method that is out there, even homeschool curriculum in many regards, because there is an all-out assault. And I love that you, one of your titles is you're a culture warrior. I mean, it takes being strong and brave, and it, it takes a confidence in knowing that what it, there is a right, there is a wrong, there is a time to speak out. And as you and I both are, see on on a national, global level, you know, families are. We've always said this: families are under attack. The the fire, you know, Skylab is falling, or you know, all this is happening. I don't know that I have ever seen it to the degree of parents being undermined and children being assaulted on this level. And that is my challenge. Make sure that you do go over and that you get engaged with Citizens for America, that you go and follow what Chris is doing. He's out there on the front lines, day in and day out, taking the hits, speaking the truth, informing, equipping, and engaging parents and pastors and Christians to stand up and fight the fight. I mean, we are fighting for the heart and soul of of our country. We're fighting for the heart and soul of our kids. We can't lose the very first institution that the Lord established, and that is the family unit. We know that if we can equip you to protect your children, to fight for your children, to pray for your children, to teach your children the truths found in God's Word— that they will be able then to stand and defend that which is true themselves. But if we don't give them that tools, if they don't see us willing to stand and all they see us is maybe cowering or being afraid, maybe afraid we're going to lose our job or, 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 or maybe we'll get canceled or or maybe they'll you know shut the mic off at a school board meeting, which happens frequently these days. Your children are watching you. They're mo- you are modeling to them what a culture warrior looks like. It doesn't have to be brass and brazen and rude and obnoxious. It can just be speaking the truth, speaking it in kind, speaking it with boldness, speaking it with confidence, uh, knowing what is right and what is wrong, and speaking it in kindness and love. I mean, sometimes uh, you might have to uh, be a little firm, especially if somebody's shouting and screaming in your face, but your kids are watching and you're modeling for them where they're going to one day take that baton and start standing and picking up and being a culture warrior for your grandkids, your children's children's. Connie, you're so right there. A lot of parents don't want to get involved because the kids are like, mom and dad, mom, you're embarrassing me. Dad, <laughs> I mean, goodness, Connie, over the years, uh, you know, particularly my daughter, you know, 
dad, why you got to come down here to the school? You're embarrassing me. Why do you got to say this or that? But as she got older, she realized that it's my job as her daddy to protect her. It's my job to protect her. And even though she was playing tough at times, she really loved the fact, even though she wouldn't admit it, you know, in her early teenage years, that daddy was trying to protect her uh, and, and loved her enough to cared enough to be involved and what was going on. So parents, it doesn't matter what your kids say or when they try to scare you off. God has charged you with the responsibility of protecting those children and, and raising them and rearing them in the fear and admonition of the Lord and, and following God's word mm-hmm. and doing what's right. Right. So you, you need you need to be involved and, and, and you need to know what is going on. And, and as Connie said, you don't have to be mean about it. You know, like I said, don't wait until something bad has happened to get to know your school board members, go ahead and do it now. Uh, meet them, and then it, then it's easier. They're not scared of you. You know, uh, There's been some of our local elected officials when I was in town, I'd just say, hey, let's go get barbecue. And I don't have an agenda. I'm not mean to them. It's just a, tell me about your family. You know, who, t- What's your wife do? Wh- wh- how old are your kids? And I purposely would not talk about other issues. And then it yeah, I have a uh, a mentor who said he calls it building a friendship bridge. By building a friendship, you earn the right to then address other issues uh, down the road. Right. And uh, and Connie, if I can plug something for those of you parents who do want to start going to school board meetings, there's an organization founded by Morton Blackwell in Washington D.C. called the Leadership Institute. The Leadership Institute does a lot of great training, and you can Google them. I think it's leadershipinstitute.org. But anyway, they're online and you can Google them and they offer a free online training uh, right now for parents who want to learn how to go to a school board meeting and how to address these kind of issues at school boards. Oh, that's awesome. So that's put on uh, by the Leadership Institute. Um, Maybe, Connie, remind me, I'll send it to you. We put it in the show notes. But that'll tell you what to do. I mean, it's it's not intimidating. Uh, You know, usually there's a requirement to register to speak in advance. So, uh, don't go there and halfway through the meeting, get mad and decide, oh, now I want to say something. And when they don't let you say something, <laughs> uh, you, you know, get mad about it or start yelling and screaming and get yourself arrested like we've seen some people. Yeah. There's, there's usually a rule. So find out in advance, you know, how do you speak? In, in many cases, it's just you, it's limited to about three minutes. So you fill out a card and, and they usually limit it. You know, they might only let 10 or 15 people speak. And And again, we might not like that. Our opinion might be. Well, you know, you work for me, you're elected official, but these are the rules that are in place. Mm -hmm. So learn how to master the rules, get there early, fill out the form. And and then if you don't want to speak when the time comes, then just say, uh, you know, I forfeit my time to someone else, Mr. Chairman. Uh, But that way you have the right to get up and speak if you want to later on. And you're doing it in a civil manner and your point will be made. Right. I love that. As we wrap up this edition of Equipped to Be, Chris, I would love for you to tell our listeners two things, okay? First is, where can they find you? And if you would tell them that, and then I have one other question to ask you. Look, I'm scared about the other one. So you can find <laughs> no, me at, it's, it's a mouthful. It's citizensforamericafoundation.com. That's citizensforamericafoundation.com. You can sign up to get our newsletters and find out about events that we're doing across the country and uh, and find out about podcasts and other things. You can follow us on Facebook and every other social media outlet. We're really gearing up now to get the word out. So, you know, it's just quite amazing because the work that you do and the impact that you're having, you know, sometimes it just takes 
one person willing to step forward that makes everyone else look around and say, well, if he can do it, if she can do it, then I can do it. You know, it's not going to, it's not, it may be uncomfortable, but I can still do that. And I would love, Chris, as we like really truly close this out, how can people support Citizens for America? Well, Connie, the, the best way to support us is to pray for us, because like you said, we're on the front lines every day fighting this battle. A lot of people are coming against us, and we really need prayer. The other way is financially. We need help. And you know, people may not believe this, but little as $5 makes a big difference uh, as we spread the ministry. So you can go to citizensforamericafoundation.com. That's citizensforamericafoundation.com. In the top right-hand corner is a button to donate, and you can donate online. And you can make it a reoccurring donation if you like. At the time of this podcast, it's perfect timing because, you know, end of year donations, it's perfect for uh, being able to donate to something and to uh, to someone who who really is stepping in and filling in the gap. And you've been doing this for a long time, Chris. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for your friendship, your boldness, your willingness to speak and speak truth and speak in love. Families, I hope this was a blessing to you. I know uh, lots of information has come your way uh, through this particular episode, but I encourage you to stay tuned because I'm going to have Chris come back. I think we have some more stuff to talk about. And mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever's listening, I know we have listeners from around the world. We're going to cover some more topics. And so tune in next week as we speak uh, about topics more specifically about what Chris is doing with Citizens for America, what's coming new. And this is going to be a fun conversation as well. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining me this week on Equipped to Be, and we'll talk again. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.